right, we're still in James, but we're in chapter 3 now. So if you have your Bibles, turn to James 3. We're going to start reading in verse 1 in just a second. So um, I did some research this week, and I found something pretty interesting. Did you know that guys on an average day speak about 7,000 words a minute? And girls speak about 20,000 words a minute? That's interesting. Because a lot of times I get home from work, I don't have any words left for my wife. I've used them all up. But here's the thing. It seems like a female who speaks... And that's average. There's a lot of females who speak a lot more than that. And I know some guys who speak probably just as many as females do. But that gives the females a better chance to either speak life or to speak death to people around them. Because they speak way more words. That's about, if you, if you sleep for eight hours, that's about 21 words a minute. So tonight we're going to talk about the most powerful weapons that we have, the most powerful weapons that we possess, that is our tongues, our words. Do you know the, you may have heard the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a huge lie. Because why? Words hurt. Words hurt. They hurt us. They leave these emotional scars that oftentimes last much longer than physical scars do. It's a lie. And Scripture calls us to weigh our words carefully, knowing that within them lies the power to either build people up or to tear people down. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. The text we're going to look at, for me, honestly, out of all the book of James, this is the one that gets me. That convicts me to the very core because I know me. I know my words have hurt people in the past. I have the gift of sarcasm and my sarcasm has hurt people in the past. I tend to pick on people and those have hurt people in the past. I've said things in the wrong tone and they've hurt people, mostly my family. I said things that are not true and it hurts people. So this is, for the past two weeks, as I've been kind of preparing for this message, it's been convicting to me. I've been preaching to myself for the past two weeks. So James chapter 3, what I want to do tonight is look at the scripture, kind of talk about it for, for, for a few minutes, and then we're going to kind of look at some ways that we can do this, that we can um, hopefully bring life to our conversations and not death. So here we go, James chapter 3, start reading verse 1. It says, not many of you, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now this, let me just stop here for a second. I love you guys. And this church has entrusted me to teach you guys pretty much on a weekly basis. And there's days that I feel like I bombed it terribly. And I go home and my wife hears about it. How terrible of a job I did. I told some of our rooted guys, this is in my group, that insecurity is one of my 
strongholds. It's my weakness. And I'm, I'm, I am my worst critic. But there's days that I feel like I vomit. And this scripture says that the teachers will be judged with greater strictness. And then he goes on, he says, For we, what's that word? All stumble in many ways. Don't miss this. We all stumble. So you can take a deep breath right now. This message isn't just for a few of you guys who struggle with your words and how you speak to people. This is for all of us. We're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. We all struggle with our words at some level or another. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Do we have any perfect people here? I didn't think so. Um, able to brittle, brittle, brittle his own body. Then he gives us some examples here. Verse 3 says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Now, I don't know if you know what a bit is. I meant to have a picture for you, but I didn't get it. But the bit goes, some of you ride horses. I'm not much of a horse person, but I've ridden horses in the past, and I know a little bit about them. But the bit goes into the mouth of the horse. And you can't control this 1,200-pound animal that really is, you cannot control it. You put the bit in its mouth, and you can control the horse. You can guide it to where you want, where you want it to go. So here's his analogy. This horse who is out of control, you put the bit in its mouth, and all of a sudden it's in control. Then he uses a different analogy, verse 4. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by so strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So here's the second analogy. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a boat or if you own a boat, but it doesn't matter if it's a cruise ship or if it's a speedboat or somewhere in between a pontoon. It is guided, it is directed by the rudder. And the rudder is a small part in comparison to the boat. But the small part directs where the boat goes. And then verse 5 says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. So the tongue, even though it's a small member of your body, it has the power to boast great things. Its impact is huge. And then he gives yet another analogy. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So his third analogy here talks about fires. And there's been countless of huge forest fires that's been set by a small spark, by a campfire that wasn't extinguished all the way. And you no, know, I was kind of going through looking at some of the history of you know, the great fires in our in our in our pastime here in America, and it's amazing to read how a lot of these fires started by just a spark that got out of control, and then all of a sudden it just went crazy. And James points it back to our tongues. It's a little thing, one little comment. It's a a little white lie. It's nothing big, but it can spark and create a huge problem. 
Have you guys ever experienced this? Like you said something that you thought was kind of innocent. You said something that didn't, to you, it wasn't a big deal. But all of a sudden, it, came, it became a huge deal. And it just blew out of proportion. And so what James is saying. But here's the big idea. That once a fire gets going, it's hard to tell where it started. Because it moves so quickly. And our tongue is a spark. It can unleash in a matter of seconds. And that's what he's saying. In verse 7, he goes on. For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and sea creature, it can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So lastly, he gives us this analogy of animals, how we can tame animals. It's amazing how Many animals that we can tame. You know, we have, people have pet tigers and pet bears and pet monkeys. Yet, I have this thing in my mouth, this tongue that I cannot tame. That I cannot control what comes out of my mouth. The, tame, the tongue is untamable. And that's what he's saying. The tongue is like a wild animal that refuses to be tamed. All the other animals can be tamed, but the tongue cannot be tamed. It's the hardest one of all. And the point of all of this is this. That small things have big power. The bits, the rudder, the sparks, the tongue. And then he goes on, verse 9. With it we bless our Father, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring bring forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt pond yield fresh water. So with it, we bless our Lord and Father. We sing praises to him. We sing these songs to God. We, we say we love you, Jesus. We praise you. We want to sing it again. We, we go to the Bible study. We go to the small group. We come to the surge. We do all these things. And then we look at our our brother and sister, and we gossip about them, we lie about them, we talk about them behind their backs. Blessing and curses from the same mouth. And he's saying these things ought not to be. These things ought not to be. It's like if you go home and you turn on the left side of your faucet, you get water. You turn on the right side of the faucet, you get Coke. That makes no sense, right? And he's saying you can't get fresh water and salt water from the same source. I can't plant a tree that bears apples and oranges. You can't do that. But yet with our mouths, we, we, we sing praises to God. We, we worship him and we, we go on retreats and we come to church and we do all these things. And then we turn around and we're talking about people and we're, we're cursing people behind their back. And we're cursing God. And that's what he's saying. These things ought not to be so. So our words, they do one or two things. They either bring life or they bring death. They either bring life or they bring death. So I have up here a trash can. So how can a trash can represent the words that we speak? Because there's so much 
filth that comes from our mouth. There's so much trash that comes from our mouth. And then we have a gift. So how does a gift represent our words? Because you like receiving gifts. It brings a smile to your face. And when we encourage, when we edify, when we build people up, that is bringing life to that person. I have a, I have a folder in my inbox that's simply titled encouragement. And anytime I get an encouraging email, I put it in that folder. Because there's some weeks that, honestly, I want to quit. There's some weeks that I want to hang up the towel. That I feel like God is not calling me to this anymore. But then I go back and I can read those emails. And I've received a couple emails this week. And that's a reminder that God is calling me. God has called me to this. And those encouraging emails brings me life. It keeps me going. It keeps me alive. It keeps me active. It keeps me joyful in what I'm doing. But then there's those words that bring death. It's the garbage that we speak. So you have this choice. You can either bring life through your words or you can bring death through your words. You can bring a gift through your words or you can bring garbage through your words. But it's your choice. Each of us, come on, think through your life. Each of us have been encouraged by someone. And it's brought joy and it's brought life to us. And at the same time, you've been hurt by words. And those things brings death to us. Proverbs 21, 23 says, or 21, yeah, it should be 23, says this. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. How many of us have gotten in trouble because of our words? It must have been you. I mean, I mean, we've why? Because we can't tame it. We can't control it. Here's some things that we need to watch out for. This is in your notes. Ways that we stumble with our words. Number one is lying. This is the garbage that we're talking about here. These are the things that bring death with our words. Lying. Proverbs six, sixteen and seventeen says this. There are six things the Lord hates. We're not going to talk about all six of them, but one of those things is haughty eyes. Another one is a lying tongue. These are things that the Lord hates. And then look at verse 19. It says, a false witness who breathes out lies. A lying tongue. God cannot stand it. Look at John, John 14, 6. Jesus is speaking in this. Jesus is saying, is saying these words. He says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus' identity is he is truth. That's who he is. Jesus' very nature is truth. So when we don't live by that, when we tell lies and when we gossip and when, 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 when we cheat on tests and when we plagiarize our papers, those are lies. And we cannot have fellowship with Christ because his very nature is truth. 
And he cannot fellowship with a lie. So lying is one of those things that we stumble with. Another is gossip. This is not just for girls. And girls kind of get this bad rap about gossip. But this is just as much for guys as girls. Because if somebody tells me, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? I'm like, no. But I'm all ears. Tell me. Look at um, Proverbs 26, 20. For the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. You're like, what? Allow me to translate. Where there's no gossip, the fight dies down. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. When you gossip about people, it doesn't build them up. It tears them down as, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Gossip. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've done it or if you've heard it. But next time you hear somebody say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? You ask them, say, would you tell me this if so-and-so was here? And if they say, no, you say, I don't want to hear it. Or you say, let me call them up on the phone and let's let's talk to them together. Get rid of it. Next one is harsh words. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. How true is this? This is probably more for your parents, right? Because they tell you to do something, you like lash back at them. And what does it do? It creates this fight. Harsh words. It's garbage. It brings death. It doesn't create anything. It doesn't create life. It creates death. Next one is slandering. It's kind of a weird word. We don't use it much. Here's the definition of slander. The action or crime making a false spoken statement damaging a person's reputation. How many of you guys have slandered somebody and it's ruined their reputation? Slandering. James 4.11 says, do not speak evil against one another. Don't do it. It's garbage. Here's another one. Complaining. Come on now. Do not grumble against one another. My kids are very good at this. And I'm actually pretty good at this as well. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And then the last one is swearing. Swearing. Um, James 5.12 says, but above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any, by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And then Ephesians 5, 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, hmm, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Let there be no filthiness, foolish talk. And I know some of you struggle with this because I follow you on social media. And you don't have an issue with swearing on social media. 
All these things brings death to a person. These are the garbage that we have in our life, and we need to get rid of these things. So how do we tame the tongue? How do we try to speak life and speak words that are a gift to people? So here's some ways that we can do this. Number one is dedicate your heart, mind, and tongue to the Lord daily. Dedicate your heart, mind, and tongue to the Lord daily. Pray that God will protect your mind from thoughts that will lead to words of destruction. Offer all of your words at the beginning of a day that they would bring life to people. Hebrews 13.5 says this, this, Through Jesus, through Christ, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. And he says, The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. James saying, Let us, when we open our mouths, let it be a sacrifice of praise. And when we do that, when we choose praise, we sacrifice, we put to death gossip and slander and complaining and harsh words and lying. When we choose this, the praise, we sacrifice those other things, the garbage. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of your heart, what's in your heart, the mouth speaks. And we're going to talk about that a few minutes later. Um, next one is pray that God would give you an awareness of your words. Some of you may be here and be like, I don't have a problem with this. But remember what James says in verse 2. We all stumble. We all have this issue with our tongues. Some of you may not be aware of the garbage that you speak, but we all stumble. Simply ask God to show you areas that you need to improve your words. Ask others to tell you. That's dangerous, but it's helpful. What ways do I speak death? What ways do I bring out garbage in my words? Simply ask God to, to reveal those things to you. Psalm 141.3. This should be our prayer every single morning. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. We should pray that. That our lips, our words should be guarded. Then once you are aware, ask for forgiveness for any unloving words or attitudes. Once you're aware that you do struggle with your words, the next thing is ask for forgiveness for any unloving words or attitudes. Remember, we all stumble. We all stumble with this in many ways. And since we have all stumbled, spend some time with the Lord asking him to reveal to you, to show you how you have stumbled. And ask for forgiveness regarding the language or the words you have spoken that brings death. Commit to working and changing the way you speak in order to demonstrate his love to the world. If you've hurt others, ask for forgiveness. And then lastly, practice speaking words that will bring life. Ask God to show you, to guide you, to speak words that would honor him and accomplish his purposes. Listen, if you think about it, like if, you, if you're at home or you're at school or wherever you are, if, you, if you're thinking about, oh, that was nice for someone to do this, or if, you, if you're thinking nice thoughts about someone, 
why don't you tell them what you're thinking? Why don't you bring life and bring joy to that person? Text them right there. Say, no, I was just thinking about you. You you did an awesome job leading worship, or you did this, or you did that, or you, whatever. If you think about it, that's probably the Holy Spirit prompting you to speak life to that person. So when you think about someone in a positive way, speak it to them. Again, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. Those are things that brings life, that it may give grace to those who hear it. Are you building others up? Or are you tearing them down? Are you bringing death to your, to your conversations? Or are you bringing life? Is your words garbage or is it a gift? Who do you need to encourage tonight? Who do you know that needs an uplifting message from you? Who do you know that is a brat, but they really need to be uplifted tonight? Probably your brother or sister, right? Who has done something to you that you need to think and encourage? There is power. There's power in words. James tells us to tame the tongue, which, again, is nearly impossible. But our prayer needs to be this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Make that your prayer. Every day, you're either going to use your words for death or life, for evil or for good. Every remark you make, you're either building people up or you're tearing them down. Even the words, listen, even the words are our own words, the words that we say about ourselves. We either tear us up or tear us down. This morning, you woke up and you looked in a mirror, and you probably said two things about yourself. You either said positive things about yourself or thought positive things about yourself or negative things about yourself. You need to learn how to build yourself up. You need to look in the mirror and say, I look good. Listen, when Tiffany and I started dating, Tiffany grew up and she heard every single day just about that you're ugly. She did. And it was probably a year or so into our dating, and we're talking about marriage and I made Tiffany look in a mirror. You can ask her. I made her look in a mirror and, and say these words, I am beautiful. And she, was, she didn't want to do it. She thought it was silly, and she probably didn't even believe it. But constantly, several times, day after day, I would say, look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. I, t- I look at my daughter. I say, look in the mirror. You tell yourself, I am beautiful. Some of you need to go home and look in the mirror and say out loud, I am beautiful. Because the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And he's going to tell you lies about yourself that you don't need to hear. So you need to learn how to build yourself up. And speak truth, speak life into yourself. Because you're probably speaking death into yourself. Just like I, when I go home and I, I, I criticize myself for my message. You need to speak life. 
to yourself? Are you speaking death or life? About your family? Are you building them up or are you tearing them down? Or about your siblings? Are you building them up or are you tearing them down with your words? About your mom and dad? Do you have a short fuse? Or do you speak life to them? What about your friendships? Do you gossip about them when they're not around? Do you talk about them when they're, when, when they're not around, when they're behind their back? Do you, or do you build them up? When you're around your buddies, do you use perverted talk? Or do you say things that honor God? What about social media? How has your social media been leaving God's footprint? If I was to look at your social media, would it, what would I gather about you? Does it bring life or does it bring death? Here's how I can tell. Now, this is kind of corny, and I was trying to figure out how. If you're on Twitter and Jesus was here, would he retweet you? If you're on Instagram, would he repost your comments? If you're on Facebook, would he share what you shared? If he wouldn't, don't say it. Because listen, you're not just a Christian, if you're a Christian, you're not just a Christian on Wednesday nights. You're a Christian seven days of the week. And the things that we post, the things that we put on social media, it either brings life to people or it brings death to people. When it comes to your words, what are you building? How are you building it? I, I came across this verse this week that absolutely scared me to death. That I don't, I don't know if I've ever really noticed it. It says this, Matthew 12, 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. When I read this, all of a sudden I had flashbacks to my youth age. There's been multiple occasions that I walked out of the house angry. My mom was sitting on the couch crying because of my words I spoke to her. Because of the way I spoke or what I spoke. I remember two different occasions that I looked at my mom in the face and says, I hate you. And all of a sudden, I read this, that you're going to give accounts for every careless word that you speak. I thought about all the times I spoke harsh, harsh words or lying words to my wife. I thought about all the times I had a short temper to my kids. But then I read Isaiah 6. And Isaiah, the angels were singing praises. It says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now imagine this. The angels are singing, holy, holy, holy. And then this is Isaiah's response in verse 5. He says, woe is me. For I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. That's his response to God. He says, woe is me. I've said a lot of careless things. I brought a lot of death 
into my, into my friends, into my life, my words I've spoken. He says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then God's response is so good that he sends angels with burning coals and he touches Isaiah's lips. He says this in verse 7. He says, and he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Guys, this is good news. We get a glimpse of how good he is when we say hurtful things. We can go to God. And he doesn't send a coal, but he sent Jesus to come and atone for our words. When we speak words, this is what Jesus does. He takes the trash and he throws it out. He says, you can start new. And today you can choose life or death in how you speak to people. It's your choice. How are you going to use your words today? Either going to bring death to someone or life. What is the process? Three things real quick. Change the way we talk. We need to change the way we, the way we talk. Some of you, you know, you have commented on my accent. I don't think I have one. But whatever. But for us to change the way we talk, we need to change our accent. We need to have God's accent. How do we do that? Get into his word. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. When you speak, are you speaking words of kindness? Are you speaking words of gentleness? Are you speaking words of love? Are you, do you have self-control? Do you bite your tongue when you really want to lash out at someone? Does your words bring joy to someone? When we practice those things, it brings life to people around us. Number two is check our heart. The heart is the root of what we say. Again, Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, you can look in a mirror, and you can see a reflection of who you are. You can speak, and people around you can see a reflection of what's in your heart. So if I were to follow you around and listen to the words you speak to people, do they bring life or death? If it brings life, then it reflects your heart. That's good news. But if it brings death, it reflects your heart. And that's not good news. Out of the abundance of the heart, the words come out. The mouth speaks. And then lastly, confess. When we hurt people, ask forgiveness. Do it. Say, I'm really sorry my words hurt you. I'm really sorry in what I said or how I said it. This is for your parents, this is for your brother or your sister, this is for your friends, this is for anyone. And it's humbling for us to go and ask forgiveness. Some of you have said hurtful things to someone in this room. You need to seek reconciliation. Some of you have said hurtful things to your parents or to your brother or sister this week. And you need to go and seek reconciliation. 
How do you need to respond? How do you need to respond tonight? Some of you need to ask Christ to come out and take the garbage out of your life. Some of you need to ask Christ to come into your life so he can take the garbage out of your life. You have a choice. Every single day, it's a daily thing, right? Every single day you have a choice to bring a gift to someone through your words or to bring death to someone through your words. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Um, This is, again, you've been speaking to me and through me um, through this passage for a couple weeks now. And God, I know I need help in this area. So God, I pray that you would forgive me, that you would take the garbage out of my life. And I pray that as I speak to people around me, that I will speak life to them. And God, I pray for everyone as they go into their small group time that you'll just guide their conversations, that you'll just guide their, their minds and their thoughts. Give the leaders wisdom as they go through this material. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.